When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by Andy Murray, the podcast mm. part-timer, to discuss everything that happened on Friday's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we preview and review Rampage, Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views. We conduct wrestler interviews. We hold roundtable discussions and host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture now murray before i get your broad thoughts which i get before your <laughs> deeply analytical thoughts yep. i'm going to tell you a little story about my content morning uh, last night middle of the night uk time i watched survivor series i and this is not ideal considering i cover this stuff professionally literally almost unable to summon a single thought <laughs> outside of what I thought was, and I think our opinions differ on it, but that's by the by. It's not a Survivor Series review podcast. Outside of whatever people thought about it, it was a different kind of match to what you usually get in WWE in that mm. opener between mm. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Outside of a match that, because it was different, because there was a story involved, I could actually have some analytical thoughts on it. Everything just washed over my numb body in a blur of moves, no stakes, structure, seen it for 20 years, I was bored, senseless, uninspired, and I just couldn't watch it in a sort of engaged way. I kind of felt much the same. I had the same viewing experience watching AEW Rampage on Friday, and yeah. that's not good. Yeah, I, that the, the show pretty much is comprised entirely of the kind of matches that on a week of Dynamite after they've announced the two or three bangers that you know are going to rule, whoever Danielson's wrestling, whoever Kenny or the Bucks or whoever are wrestling, later in the week when they announce these little mid-card filler matches and you sit there on Twitter when you see... Uh, filler matches is harsh, but you know what I mean. When you see them on Twitter, you go, oh, that's nice. That's a nice little addition to a really strong card uh, that aren't quite strong enough to sell the show on its own. Yet here we are for Rampage every week, which we're continually told is not a B-show. It's on equal footing with Dynamite. I know they've booked people like CM Punk for this show and whatever, whatever. But yeah, I mean, the, the show, I think it usually lives up to what's on the card, but what's on the card isn't typically all that exciting. And uh, this week in particular was, it was a three-star show, wasn't it? A gentleman's three from yeah. AEW. It always stings more when it's AEW who does this because I, I know you hold them to a higher standard, I hold them to a higher standard. I mean, Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to struggle for content on this one. But, uh, <laughs> everything that was good on the show was a diminished return from something I've seen or generously... Or it had Billy o- Gunn in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or generous over-delivery in the absolutely monstrous shape of Billy Gunn. Um, Billy Gunn versus Darby Allen, stemming from their interrupted backstage promo on Dynamite, started the show in a match that I would describe as a reviewer's dream. Yeah. As we'll yeah, get yeah. to in the main event, it's kind of hard to review and recap something that happened three days ago if it wasn't particularly memorable or grabby. This was so easy to review and to uh, recap. Basically, for 92% of the match, (laughs) Billy Gunn just kills Darby Allen. Darby Allen, in response to getting killed by this much larger man, bumps in the way that only Darby Allen can. He eats sh. He just takes it. He looks like he's getting murdered. He looks like he's getting crumpled in half. He looks like he's had all of the air completely punched, bumped out of him. It's a bumping masterclass from wrestling's best bumper in 2021. And it's only brought to a halt when Billy Gunn, who kicks out of the coffin drop at one in a spot that, for me, only illuminates how weak the finisher is. I like how in character it is and everything else, but... When you apply it to a person of those proportions, it looks bad. Recognizing that one of the top stars finishes looks bad has a monstrously sized but very much dark elevation talent. Kick out of it at one. That was strange. The cold red looked a little bit sloppy as well. It was really hard to believe considering yeah. the size difference between the two men. A second coffin drop swings it in Darby Allen's favor. There is a capital M, capital C, must continue angle where the gun club beat down Darby Allen and Sting in the aftermath. Darby Allen's good at bumping. I knew that already. Yeah, I mean, that, that finish was kind of a sour ending to what was a largely fine match that I had a good enough time with. And the, on the second coffin drop as well, even then Billy was like, hey, I'm going to shoot my shoulder off the map 0.1 of a second afterwards. It was a bit like, come on, we, we've had our fun with the gigantic, and you don't realize how huge Billy Gunn is until he's standing in the ring with Darby Allen. He's just a Goliath of a human being, but he shouldn't need two coffin drops and he shouldn't be kicking out at one and he shouldn't be shooting a shoulder off the match like he's Hulk Hogan 1997. Um, that was a bit of a bummer, but I will say that the, I enjoyed this well enough for what it was. I mean, when it was announced, there was an air of, why? Why? And, and you know, I'm, I'm still not convinced that this thing needed to exist, but it was probably the perfect execution. It was like as good as it was ever going to be. Um, Billy Gunn, of course, working at like, two miles an hour, but controlling the crowd, you know, when they chatted Mr. Ass at him, he teased getting his cheeks out, which would have, which I'm sure would have got a pop. Um, and Darby's a lunatic. Like the, he does not have to fling himself in the barricade against Billy Gunn. He doesn't need to go into orbit off a back body drop as he did here in like the first minute. He doesn't need to let Billy Gunn just horse him around the ring. And he did for our entertainment. And uh, I appreciate his commitment to the bumping. I was very off-put by Billy Gunn's new entrance music, which, what was that? Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> I can't remember it specifically. I can only remember thinking, eh, yeah, that's like his entrance music. Yeah, futuristic synth lines aren't exactly what I go to when I think of the ass man. He's a butt rock guy. Yeah, stick some butt rock in there. Literally, he's Mr. Ass. He's the one William Mr. Gunn. Mr. Ass Rock. 
There you go. What more could you possibly want? But this was all right. It was just a, a, a little crazy guy getting horsed by a massive, gigantic beef of a human being. Bit disappointed by, you know, in the post-match beatdown, it was three on two. Bit disappointed by the lack of, I'm effing Paul, I'm effing tall. I would have thought that that would have been a natural thing to do. Not that I necessarily am itching to see Paul sting. <laughs> And Darby versus the Gun Club. But that would have been a natural thing to do given their prior beef and stuff as well. But maybe we'll get to that on Dynamite. Who knows? It was all right. It was fine. Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> you give me a nice segue, uh, brother, because speaking of things that are going to happen on Dynamite, this is more <laughs> stuff that we um, reserve for the preview, but you're not going to be on it, I don't think. Hell no. So I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I've seen a bit of discourse in either direction. Yeah. Um, QT Marshall challenges CM Punk for Chicago in Dynamite. My immediate take, and yes, I will repeat this on Wednesday, and yes, the mega fans will forgive me, but my immediate impression, and it might change, it might just sour on the prospect as my mood progressively worsens throughout the week, but QT Marshall, off the top of my head, has had like at least three or four moments where you think, ah, QT Marshall's going to be on Dynamite, and then I've watched him do things on Dynamite and thought, you know what? That was pretty great, was and fine. he played the role yeah. very well. It seems to me like if it was in any other city, I'd be like, fair enough. Yeah. I can get up for this, and I think QT Marshall, in his own way, is quite underrated. But the Chicago thing feels a bit of a waste. Yeah, I, f I feel like... I, f I think he's going to lose in about two minutes. I, like, There's always a bit of anxiety because QT has this heat this level of heat where I'm not sure if people are buying into the act or they just want him on TV. I think it's probably a mixture of both. Um, but to be fair to him, I think he does quite a good job of like living up to it. He He's quite good at just being a get off my screen kind of guy. Like in this little segment he had with Tony Schiavone, he's like laughing at his own joke and stuff. And it's like, ah, piss off, dad. Like, go away, you're lame, you're whack. I don't want you on TV. Um, in going into the pay-per-view match with Tall Paul, there was that level of anxiety about why is this on the pay-per-view card? Why is it here? And yeah, it went three minutes and it was fine. QT did some stooge stuff and then got beat by the massive man with his massive hands. Um, I think I think Punk's going to eat him alive. I think it's it's a weird, it's certainly a weird thing, a weird way to showcase CM Punk in his hometown. But if QT just acts like an asshole for about a minute and then eats a go to sleep or gets put in the Anaconda vice or whatever. It's fine by me. If I mean, if this goes like 10 minutes, it's like, what, what are we doing here? But uh, I, I would trust them to be smart enough to avoid that. I think it'll be fine. I like QT. I like his goofy little soprano shirt. Maybe a go-go will come back through this somehow. And he's back in the US. He's training. Um, CM Punk versus a go-go is the weirdest match I've ever heard of. But he called him out in the promo. So later on. So maybe. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Um, another pre-taped interview. Chris Jericho talks up the inner circle. In a very weird pre-recorded. You've got you got ten seconds, Chris, and you're in the worst room possible to record audio. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on whatever happened, and then we get that later on as well, just to tie everything together. Um, men of the Air are insistent that it isn't over. Why isn't it over? Why? Yeah, again, like I, I'd more than had enough of this feud. The 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 payoff was always Dan Lambert eating it taking the finisher, doing whatever, the pay-per-view, getting his come up and say, ah, damn you, Dan Lambert. You know, the, with the way the verbiage was in this feud and stuff, I, I, I don't want any more. And I think I speak for the majority of people when it comes to that. Dan Lambert's been beaten up. I think he, you know, when he isn't making homophobic jokes at Sammy Guevara's expense, I think he, the guy's a heat magnet. Um, we saw that at various points throughout this program. 
But uh, I think he needs to kind of go away for a few months and come back and heat something else up. Yeah, I mean, the premise was so thin that it was a wonder they dragged it out and had it peak at the right time. You have a guy who's incredibly obnoxious, is obnoxious for several months, gets his comeuppance for being obnoxious alongside imported MMA guys who are really going to undermine that little they can do through overexposure because the novelty's worn off. This feels like a terrible direction to take, but, you know, where the outliers, Murray, these crowds were huge on this. Yes. Majorly hot, so maybe it serves a wider audience than you and I. Uh, the second match was the TBS title tournament. The second match between um, Jade Cargill and Red Velvet, I would describe it as the first of two diminished returns that kind of sagged this show. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. You had a decent layout. You had Jade Cargill completely dominating um, Red Velvet early. We are taken to the commercial break when she gives her a really wicked slam to the apron. Following that, there's a protracted heat sequence. Um, she starts to brag. She does some push-ups. This fires up Red Velvet, who comes back with their clotheslines. Bulldog um, Cargill in a really impressive spot. Um, dodges Velvet's lunge with a leapfrog. Pump kick. And then there's a great reversal from Jaded, uh, where Velvet kicks off the ropes really close near fall. Um, Velvet hits the uh, spear for the second successive near fall, um, but fails to hit her finish, which Cargill counters for the win in around six minutes. Now, the way I describe it was smartly laid out, got its business done quickly. Red Velvet shows more than your average enhancement talent against Jade Cargill, so she's theoretically put over in defeat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm missing two things from my recap because it's recap. One, there was some fire to these exchanges. Yeah. Two, there was also some real sloppiness. Yeah, yeah, both, both of these people are very green and uh, they're not necessarily the right people to be in the ring with to hide those those weaknesses they have. Um, you saw it throughout the match, particularly evident early on. Anytime they tried to work through the gearbox and increase the speed a little bit, there were 
moments where someone was waiting around for half a second or hesitating before running to the ropes or you, you kind of saw the gears moving in their heads and stuff at various points, um, which is to be expected when, when you pair them up in the ring. But like you said, there was good intensity to it. They, they fought like they wanted to just... They, they, they fought like they hated each other, and that's good. I think Jade in particular, um, she her character comes across extremely well in her work. Like when she was slapping... Uh, velvet at several points here it really felt like it was just pure disrespect coming from her hand and through her body and everything else and like the steiner brothers energy with the press-ups and stuff i love that stuff it's always fun um I, i'd really like to see jade in there with uh, like a uh, serena deep or a Thunder rosa which we might get rosa in the next round of the tournament to kind of see what she can do uh on a more you know on a bigger scale because we've seen a lot of these these kind of squashes and pseudo squashes uh and everything else yeah i mean it's just two people with, with with some development to go but they project well uh velvet has a lot of fire in her underdog performances um some fun spots you know the apron slam the follow-away slam where jay just stood up and threw it over her head with yes. no effort and like even in some of the clunkier exchanges for i felt they, they improvised a few of them quite well so there was one early on where Velvet went for like a body scissors or a running head scissors or something. And they couldn't, she, they, Jade was going to counter it into something, but they couldn't quite get it up. But that was okay because Jade had to like lift her and it showed off her strength to put her on her shoulders. And then I think Velvet rolled her into like a modified sunset flip kind of thing. So, you know, fine, fine match. Um, obviously they are very early on their development curves and uh, that's to be expected. Um, but I would like to see both yeah, Velvet's had a few looks against more experienced opponents, but I'm ready to see Jade face uh, people who are perhaps a little bit more complete as a wrestler. I agree. Um, the worst thing about this kind of projection is that in 2019 and early 2020, we were watching matches between like Jungle Boy and MGF and Guevara and Allen, and we were thinking, like, as good and raw as these matches are, imagine how they're going to play out in two or three years yeah. time when they're really established main event level guys it just feels like we can't have the same conversations and the same anticipation for red velvet and jade cargill in 2023 because even though they've got abundant chemistry they're really good opponents are dynamic strong there are glimpses of something special here i just can't with the same conviction it would be naive to say oh, i can't wait for this in 2023 because yeah. the consistent booking just absolutely isn't there uh two more segments before we get to the uh, main event there's a button here i don't want to press it in case i screw anything up on the soundboard I in adam wilborn's absence yay can't hear it but i assume that was uh good. i think the listener could all right. So we've just done five seconds of poor audio there. That is my That's fault. That's fine. Wilborn's not here. It's to be expected. Indeed. Get Indeed. your moke like me on. It's going to go wrong. Now, in a little bit of an indication that the QT Marshall thing, even if it's not great, it's only going to be one week, so I'm not going to you know, yeah, fine. have a fit. On the road to Dynamite, CM Punk went, little by little, week by week, I'm starting to remember just who the I am. Goosebumps went, Aka. Yeah, I was going yeah, crazy. Yeah. That was cool. And we say it's here. We're going to find out who the turkey is. That's, that's that's more like your backstage patter yeah. than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not that hyped to be perfectly. Happy to be at Thanksgiving dinner with QT Marshall. That's what that was. Indeed. Uh, we get an announcement for uh, next week's Rampage, Daniel Garcia versus Eddie Kingston. That will be brilliant. Tremendous. Hopefully, it will restore us to what feels now like the platonic ideal of Rampage. One, blow away awesome thing, and then two, merely good things. Yes. As opposed to three, merely good things, and that's your bloody lot. Um, ahead of the main event, we get the traditional um, face-to-face 
side-by-side interview between Jurassic Express and um, the SuperClick. What I love about the Jungle Boy-Christian Cage partnership is that legitimately Christian Cage has, jungle, has brought Jungle Boy along. Mm-hmm. He's a completely different promo, not performer, but a totally different promo and personality since he's um, been paired with Christian Cage. And what I love about this is that he's essentially just absorbed Christian Cage's sense of humor. Yes. He says, yes. when I first saw my first Bobby Fish match, I won. <laughs> Great little line. Great little line. Um, Adam Cole says something about um, how Bobby Fish is his very good friend. Yeah. I think he's lying about... Watching the much. news videos, are you, Adam? Good stuff. Yeah, didn't <laughs> say much uh, beyond that. And then uh, Mark Henry said, well, looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. Which is getting over, by the way. It it's is nice. getting over. You yeah. can hear it in the arenas, can't you? Increased volumes of fans saying that along with him every week. It's good. I like it. Like Mark it's Henry. over in the office as well. Yeah. It we, took a while to get going. It, it took a it while did. to get over in the office. It felt like they were really trying for it to get over, but like trying to make it a yeah. thing. But you know what? They've made it a thing, so I can have no complaints about that one. And it's like four seconds of my life. Yeah, exactly. That often feels it's like a 12. Pop. It's a little pop in the middle of a show. You're sitting it. You're watching it on a Saturday morning. It's a good time. It's a good time. This was fine. This was fine, wasn't it? I, I, I definitely agree on Jungle Boy. I know that he had that interview a few months ago where he said, I don't like talking. I don't want to do it. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to learn how to do it, and you're going to have to do it if you want to be a top babyface. It's called a promo company. kid. There you go. Ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah, he's just simply going to have to if he ever wants to reach his ceiling. Uh, there's no getting around it. There are a couple of exceptions to that rule. I think Darby, someone who could get to the top of the babyface pile, will find it. But Darby has an aura. Darby has a presence that Jungle Boy doesn't necessarily have. So pairing him with Christian, who has just uh, always been a tremendous talker, is... It's, it's reaping huge benefits, and this is exactly why you bring Cage in. He can still go to an extent in the ring, um, but he can also help elevate these younger guys as well. And, uh, yeah, fine. Uh, I like Mark Henry. Uh, very good friend. Adam Cole said that twice. My lawyers will be uh, probably not really doing anything, actually, because he's got a lot more money than me. But, yeah, fun. Sure. Cool. <laughs> sure, fun, cool. Pretty much accurately describes my <laughs> feelings towards this main event and this rampage on the whole 15 minutes and 26 seconds that I watched on Saturday morning. It is now Monday afternoon, and I can remember scant little of it. The match had a few structural um, points that I wish to hit. One is that Jungle Boy is better than Bobby Fish. He had his uh, had the better of him at various sequences. Two, Jungle Boy and Adam Cole are on a pretty even keel, which I think is a very interesting, very worthwhile approach to take because Adam Cole has been... Um, built and promoted as this imported major star who is theoretically main event um, level and he could challenge for the world title. They've done little tiny teasers of the Hangman Page match to that effect. And Jungle Boy's with them every step of the way. They express this through really good sequences. They pitch them like the various pump kick standoffs, if you like, in a way that you are meant to receive these two as equals, which Mm -hmm. I think is very, Mm -hmm. very solid booking. Um, Jungle Boy whose standards I really want to analyze pedantically at this point because I feel like he is there. He repeats his usual sequence, the AEW moves of doom, if you want to be a dick about it. And some say that I am. (laughs) Legends say that I am. (laughs) So he gets, grabs the arm, 
jumps off the rope, performs an arm drag, follows up the drop kick, and then does his sort of somersault kip up. He does this twice against Bobby Fish, and it's noticeable even on commentary where they say, has he just done that twice? <laughs> and Jericho has to say, oh, yeah, it's unusual for Bobby Fish um, to have fallen for that one twice. I think that was a tacit dig. Come on, yeah. guys, don't run through that exact yeah, same yeah, spot. Yeah. Um, Luchasaurus gets, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Luchasaurus gets his shine. Um, it's never not fun, but it's never not what you've seen before. Um, at the finish, the Young Bucks threaten to interfere. Um, Jurassic Express get Bobby Fish one-on-one. Adam Cole retreats up the ramp. Visual separation. I'm not as bad as Fish. I have got no involvement in this finish, hence why I'm 20, 30 feet away from it. Mm. You are not to involve me under the stink of losing two weeks in a row. It's all on Bobby Fish. Which leads me to ask the question, why book the goddamn match? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right from the get-go, this was kind of a, a sequel with added Bobby Fish to a pay-per-view match that I didn't like at all. The 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 uh, <laughs> Dave Meltzer five-star. I love Dave, but he's going to go four-star on this. <laughs> yeah, he is. The, 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 I, I found the, the six-man at the pay-per-view overlong and really self-indulgent and... I, I, felt like they were enjoying the smell of their own farts a little bit too much. Um, so when this was booked, I was like, okay, well, I mean, in-ring it's going to be fine. It's going to be good. To these these are four good wrestlers or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It just, it, uh, at times it felt like a moves with a capital M and the letter Z at the end match. Like they, they started a bunch of threads that they didn't really do anything with. Like the, the heels tried to work Jungle Boy over and isolate him early on, but it didn't last all that long and then the picture in picture kind of cannibalized it and it's always tough to give your full focus to the picture in picture when they're beating him down so it's like when he got the hot tag to Luchasaurus it didn't really feel all that earned and it kind of became a little bit of a bomb fest after that and it was all very well performed and snappy and like I like the Luchasaurus hot tag as much as anyone I think he's a lot of fun um but even then like towards the end Bobby Fish teases like he's gonna start working the leg but that lasts all of about 10 seconds and then we get the multiple interferences and the agile finish itself i don't mind like the finish it's a bit it felt a bit raw i felt a bit ww raw the way it was executed with cole bailing out and everything but provides the visual separation like you said and it's also something he would believably do because he's a scumbag piece of trash so does surprise me a little bit that they've kind of pulled the trigger on this level of separation between Fish and Cole early, but a certain other guy's contract comes up in a couple of weeks, so maybe they know something and they don't yeah. have to prolong this much further. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was one of these matches, kind of the epitome of what I spoke in the opener, where if this was announced and executed to this level... Uh, on a dynamite card that had two or three absolute rippers at the top of it, you'd be fine with it. But as it was kind of like the headlining centerpiece of this show, it's a bit like, uh, all right, I had a good enough time, but these kind of feel like empty calories. Not not a great deal to it. I just had a weird time watching this. I've got an expectation of dynamite where even if them, I'd prefer to watch something that genuinely strove to do something with purpose, with characters, that wasn't performed as well as this rather than a diminished return with a very obvious fall guy that was booked to just fulfill. It's really felt WWE. It's really felt like we have an obligation to produce content for our television network provider. We are going to do that with as little thought or purpose as possible. Like, we knew the result. We've seen the result before. Yeah, I just had a pretty eh, time watching this. 
But let us know what you think. Have we been too harsh? Are we just simply too miserable? We spoiled. In our, are we spoiled? Are we spoiled? Are we spoiled? You can let us know at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. Whilst you're there, you can follow Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Heffalump. And you can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Again, you can follow us all at What Culture WWE. Um, stick around in your podcast feeds. We have a, uh, a preview for all later on. We'll make it funny. We'll make it funny. We'll also review Raw tomorrow until we get to the good stuff. That is actual, hopefully, committed AEW content on Wednesday and Thursday. Loads of different um, podcast content slices in between. So keep a lookout for that. But in the meantime, we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 